Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the People First Then Profit podcast. I am joined today by the lead owner and principal artist of Lip Service Makeup. Her name is Jennifer Trotter. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm just fabulous. Thanks for asking. So this is a podcast. So people are listening. They're not able to see the fact that you have a signature red lip that you wear. <laughs> and we just talked about the fact that anytime I see you, anytime I have the pleasure of interacting with you face to face, I can see you coming from a mile away because you have this beautiful statement piece right there on your beautiful face of a red lip. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Gosh, thanks. Butter me up with those compliments. I, I like it. Flattery will get me everywhere. <laughs> That's right. It's it's all, it's just kind of, I've been wearing red lips since I was about 18 and it was the driving force behind creating the, the name of my business, Lip Service Makeup. It's just something, the wearing the red lips came first. Oh. And when I, when I was, I was a makeup artist for several years before I came up with Lip Service Makeup and I was trying to think of something that would connect people to me and it was sort of an obvious choice. I, I think it's very obvious and it's mm -hmm. wonderful and it is definitely you every time I see you. <laughs> I am going to start today's uh, episode by reading the bio of, of your business briefly, talking okay. a little bit about you and, and your history and how you got to where you are. And then okay. we're going to jump right into today's topic, which is basically conflict prevention and resolution. So you ready yes. to go? Yes, let's do it. Okay, wonderful. Led by owner and principal artist Jennifer Trotter, Lip Service Makeup is DFW's go-to source for the latest flawless, and long-lasting bridal makeup and hair. Backed by her trusted team of talented artists and stylists, Jennifer is Dallas-Fort Worth's multiple award-winning and internationally published bridal beauty expert who's celebrating 25 successful years in business. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. I was going to have a party, but COVID. Yeah, COVID. It's going to happen at some point, and whenever it happens, it's still going to be 25 years. That's what's going to happen. We're going to celebrate it, though. And you're not going to get any older. That's the benefit. That's the benefit of that. And 25 <laughs> right. years, I never would have believed it. You're so youthful looking. Oh, you're However, so you're, you're a titan in the industry. So let's read a little bit about your background and then we're going to jump right in. Okay. As a former corporate trainer, marketing executive, and program director for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Jennifer is highly trained in conflict resolution and communication strategies. She has served on multiple expert panels and educational workshops for professional organization and works with private clients to help other business owners find fulfillment, sustainability, and long-term success by mastering communication strategies with their clients and vendor partners. As a keynote speaker, she's a favorite locally and nationally, and she has served as a featured speaker for the Wedding MBA Conference in Las Vegas for the last six years. Welcome again, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Don. I'm so happy to be here, to, and especially to, to talk about conflict resolution, what we're going to get into today. It's something you're really passionate about. I'm really, really passionate about it. And it's funny because when people, when I first started speaking at Wedding MBA, when they 
you know, were talking with me about possible topics and things like this. Mm -hmm. I did talks on, on makeup as well, but I think they were a little surprised that I really wanted to steer my talks towards this topic. And I think the reason is, I think everyone's covering all the beauty stuff. It's covered. I mean, there, people mm -hmm. are doing a great job discussing all of that, but there's not a lot of people digging into conflict resolution. And I feel like, you know, if you're a photographer, if you're a DJ, if you work at a venue, when you have that job, you know how to do what you do. Obviously, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have that job. The thing that gets in the way of your joy and your happiness and possibly success at your business is conflict. It all boils down to conflict, whether it's with your coworker, with your boss, with your em employees, with your customers, all the things that make you go, Ugh, I just am hating life, hate my job. It all boils down to conflict. So it's, it's a, and you know, of course we all face it in our daily lives too, you know, with our spouses and our significant others and our children. And it's something that's just ever present in our lives. And some people manage it really well but other mm -hmm. people really struggle. And if you're a creative, like most of us are in the wedding industry, there's a good chance you haven't had any formal training or no one's ever given you a blueprint for what to do, mm -hmm. how to minimize the negative impact of conflict in your life and in your business. That's what I want to help people do. And I am really passionate about it. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about where you come from and your history. Talk to us about where the concept of conflict prevention, resolution, and communication strategy started with you. And then we'll dig into how to apply that to people's businesses. Sure. Well, it's interesting because it's not, I was, didn't have an awareness of it until after the fact. But mm -hmm. when I looked back, it was really when I, when I worked at Make-A-Wish and I was at Make-A-Wish for about nine years in Fort Worth. I was the director of program services. The DFW chapter of Make-A-Wish is one of the largest chapters in the world. Oh, wow. So I was very grateful and lucky to be a part of such a successful, you know, life-changing chapter. During the time I was there, I had part in almost 700 wishes and mm -hmm. it was just you know, I just treasure my time there. But when I worked there, I really got to use my conflict resolution skills. And then I kind of looked backward at all the jobs I've had that really helped me hone those skills. Starting with when I was 19, I dropped out of college and managed my very first restaurant. I was the boss. I had 80 employees, oh, wow. so which is bananas. When I think about it now, I have a 19-year-old stepdaughter and a 20-year-old stepdaughter. I think of them running a restaurant. I, th I think of them having to deal with all the stress that I, I would want to protect them from that. It's nuts that I did that. You know, I had to manage my staff. I had to manage the customers. I had to manage providers. And I think that I'm second oldest of four. So I'm a middle kid. Mm -hmm. I have a very calm personality and I have, I like for everyone to get along. So I think some of it I come by naturally. I think some of it's sort of ingrained. So I found myself in a position where I really had to learn how to do that dance, how to keep all my employees happy and satisfied and how to, you know, get everyone working and having a good time and make sure all the customers in my restaurant were happy and, and all of this. And that's when I learned. And then going forward, I was an executive. I worked in the industrial safety sector and my client was Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railway, which is a huge $15 million account. So I was dealing with customer service at a very high level. I had, you know, people calling me from all over the country upset about products that they needed or didn't have or where's their shipment and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I had to further really hone those skills and make sure that all of my customers with Burlington and Santa Fe were really, really happy. So I really honed it there. Then when I got to Make-A-Wish, that's when I realized how truly crucial it is. Because in a, in a more traditional business, it's important to get along with everybody. It's important to be good at your job. It's important to be good at customer service. But when you're granting wishes for sick children and mm -hmm. dealing with parents of sick children, 
you really feel the emotional weight of what happens if you can't navigate those those thoughts and feelings like you know say you've got a parent of a sick child you know they are going to the hospital they're having medical bills they're obviously terrified what's going to happen to their kid and you're we're trying to plan a trip for them and you know they've got concerns and questions and needs and so mm -hmm. the way i have to bounce back and interact with them you are using every tool in your toolbox to make sure that they know what's happening and they feel good and they walk away from that interaction feeling good and comfortable so dealing with brides to be honest with you is a a piece of cake compared sure. to that everything is relative for sure right? yeah so it was when I worked at Make-A-Wish that I realized and and my experience is a combination of formal training which you know and I've also had jobs in PR and marketing my last corporate gig after Make-A-Wish I was a PR executive PR and marketing mm -hmm. executive so between all of these things I've done I've had some formal training in conflict resolution to be a team leader I've been a boss at pretty much every job I've ever had so I've had lots of training with how to lead a team and in conflict resolution within your your team and your staff but then a lot of it's just on the job like doing sure. you know learning as you go so at some point I kind of looked at the past and was like wow every single job I've had like every single job I've had when I started at Make-A-Wish my very first week one of my tasks was to sit down with a wish grantor who was going out to visit wish families and was talking about religious topics which in the realm of Make-A-Wish is not okay it's not a religious organization. It's, it's kind of crossing a boundary. And no one could figure out really what to do about it. And that was my task my very first week. And so I brought her in, lovely woman, really, really nice. No one wanted to hurt her feelings, including me. But what I had to, no one could explain to her why it was wrong. And so mm -hmm. what I said to her is, if you had a sick child and I was coming to your house to fill out that paperwork, how would you feel if I was like, hi, I'm Jen, I sell insurance. Do you want to buy my insurance? Let me talk to you all about my insurance. And she was just like, oh, that's no, 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 no. That's, that's not good at all. I said, mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're doing. You're sure. taking something that is crucial to you and you're not focused on what you're there to do. You're there to talk to the family, talk to the kid, find out what they want. That's what your focus is. I said, you know, I understand this is so important to you, but she was like, oh, and finally she could make the connection. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all of her frustration lifted. And she was like, now I get it. Now I get it. Mm -hmm. And she ultimately decided that that her religion and her um, specific church that she was involved in was more important. So she shifted her volunteer opportunities to her church, which was great. Mm -hmm. But no one, you know, those types of circumstances have come up at every single job I've ever had. And magically, I, I, I don't know, I've learned how to manage it. It's remarkable to me that a couple things. Number one, so much of conflict prevention resolution has to do with communication. Yeah. Right. Having, uh -huh. having to have the difficult conversations, knowing how to use language, knowing how to get to the root of things. I love your example and your story, Jennifer, because conflict prevention resolution, they're not always about somebody who is doing a poor job or is right. ill-intended. This young lady really had the utmost good intentions to try to help these families and their children and grant wishes. 100%. And, and giving of her time, volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so by understanding how to use the communication tools that you had learned both in education and experience, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you were able to just figure out, hey, this isn't the direction that this organization needs to head. Here's all the reasons why. And she went, wow, I totally get it. But this thing is so important to me. I guess maybe I'm better served over there. And everybody wins. You know, unfortunately, yeah. she wasn't going to be with Make-A-Wish anymore, but maybe she was just so much better served at her church. 
Right. But I made her feel like, I think prior to that conversation, she felt like she was in trouble. Like, Mm -hmm. like I'm doing something wrong and they don't like that I'm a Christian or something. And that was not it that way. And I don't, I don't think that anyone had, had sat down to explain to her the reason. And Mm -hmm. so when we had that conversation, it just, the weight lifted off of her shoulders. She, I was like, you're not, we, we appreciate you so much, but here's the deal. And that's the kind, that's the magic of communication skills. And before we move forward, I, I do want to say something. The fact that I know a lot about this doesn't make it easy. It doesn't mm-hmm. make it easy at all. In the same way that someone who's like a marriage counselor, they still fight with their spouse at home, you know, or mm-hmm. a doctor still eats junk food, you know, like just because you know something does not make it easy. So when I have conflict, when I'm dealing with a client who's irritated or upset, I get the same, that pit in my stomach, that feeling of, oh, I mean, I feel exactly like everybody else does. Sure. It, that has never changed and I doubt it ever will. So I don't want to, for anyone to get it twisted and think like, this is easy breezy because it's really not. It's, it, it's basically, I have a bunch of tools in my toolbox. Yep. And when I'm faced with those situations, because I have concentrated some effort and really spent some time to hone these skills, it's like when it happens, I'm like, Ooh, okay, grab my toolbox. I'm going to yeah. open it up and I'm going to pull out those tools and learn how to navigate that process. So let's talk about that. First thing I'd like to highlight is we were, I was using the word conflict avoidance when we had an opportunity to chat about this and it took on a kind of negative tone to me because conflict avoidance, I think in so many cases is when a person's not willing to engage in even resolving the conflict, right? So conflict avoidance can oftentimes be seen as, I'm just not going to admit that that's there and I'm going to ignore it and hope that it goes away. We're talking more about conflict prevention and conflict resolution. So let's pretend that we opened up your magic toolbox. And (laughs) and the question that I have for you is, how did you take this education and experience that you Uh got on the job Uh when you started your business and started having clients of your own? How do we recommend to others that they apply these things to their business? Well, there's a few rules. And just like everything else, there's some things that are sort of malleable and and there's, you know, certain circumstances where it could be different, but there's a few rules. Mm -hmm. And one of the rules of conflict prevention and and resolution is this. There are times when you should let things go. Here's an example. If you have a new acquaintance, someone you barely know who does something to really irritate you, there's no reason to get into it with them. There's no reason to call them and hash it out. Mm -hmm. There's no need to do that. But if you get into something with a coworker who you have to work with every single day, mm-hmm. you have to address that conflict because that's a relationship that has to be preserved and it can devolve. Mm-hmm. So when you're faced with a, when you're faced with something that's frustrating or annoying, you can make a choice. Like if it's just some random thing, like I don't know, like like you know how like your spouse might say like, man, you're annoyed. You're like, I'm gonna let that one go. They're having a bad day. You yeah. have a choice to just be like, mm, I think maybe that was just a bad day. Generally, this is all nice and smooth. I'm gonna let it go. But when you're having a serious issue with a client that you're gonna be dealing with for eight or nine more months, you have to address it because it can devolve. And mm-hmm. it can so there are some rules. I, I oftentimes hear that in sort of the colloquial terms. It's not as eloquently put as you have put, but in, in parenthood and in, in interpersonal relationships, it's called picking your battles, maybe? Picking your battles and, and thinking about the price to pay. Like you really have to think down the road. Like mm-hmm. you have to think like, okay, if I choose to let this go, what what are the scenarios? Like if mm-hmm. someone really makes you angry, if, you know, someone you've been like, say my best friend, if she really ticks me off, 
I'm 99% of the time, I'm gonna let it go because we've been best friends for 30 years. Mm -hmm. She hardly ever ticks me. I mean, like, I can easily just go, and eh, she's having a bad day. There's mm -hmm. no reason. If she ticks me off five times in a row, we have got to have a conversation and address that because then at that point, it's in danger of affecting me emotionally. It's in danger of affecting our long-term friendship. It's in danger of building and getting worse and frustration. Mm -hmm. And you see how you could apply that to your clients and your business. And here's what I love about that. You've taken something that could be considered subjective, right? Oh, I'm just going to pick my battles with specifics. And you've made it and said, well, what are the outcomes? What are the consequences of these things? I can now use my rule book, my toolbox to say, mm -hmm. these are the types of situations that are conflict oriented that I should really address and the ones that I should let go. So what's another right. rule? What's your next another, rule? Another rule is prevention, meaning that if suppose you have a business, like suppose you have a venue and maybe there's a receptionist who's the front facing person that everybody's got to go through. And something that comes up frequently in reviews or with your clients is that this person isn't so nice. Like maybe they're kind of rude. They're not great on the phone. You, you've got to get rid of that person. You've got to take away that impediment. There's, mm -hmm. you're, you're basically setting yourself up for, for failure. So when you, when you look at your business, like if you, I, I recommend when I'm coaching with clients or doing talks, look at the last three times you had a client get really ticked off the last three times. What happened? Where mm -hmm. did it break down? See if there's, if it's something fixable, just fix it. Just mm -hmm. if there's something on maybe your contract that nobody understands. And so you've got people screaming, I didn't understand that we had to blah, 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 fix it. You know, mm -hmm. hire a lawyer and fix that verbiage in your contract. If there's something on your website, nobody can find. If there's a lot of things that are real basic, they're sure. real basic. So look at those things and just deal with it. Now, then you're kind of left with just people and emotions. And those things are, you can do everything right and still have someone ticked off. Mm -hmm. You can be like Miss Patty Perfect or Patrick Perfect and still have someone pretty, pretty ticked off of you. But so the first rule is to look at the past. What do people get ticked off about and see what you can check off and see what you can quickly move to the side and get rid of. Then as you're, you've done that, so things should be, you know, copacetic and you're not having a lot of conflict, then when conflict arises, my next rule is when someone displays that they're irritated, you really should pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. And what it, what it would look like is this. Suppose it is something on your contract that someone didn't understand. And they're, they send you an email going, well, hey, Jennifer, I didn't understand that we had to get you this by this date or my final payment was whatever it is, due by this date. I can feel that they're this much irritated, like maybe mm -hmm. this much. You know, at this point, they're just sort of like, hmm, I don't know that I like this, but they're not full out angry. Mm -hmm. If I pick up the phone, I can say, hey, Susie Q, I just want to talk with you about like, tell me what you're confused about. Oh, okay, no worries. This is what it means. This is how it works, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I can use my voice. I can, you know, ask her how her day is. She can hear that I care. I'm a real person. We can bond and connect and I can get to the bottom. I mean, that issue is going to go poof, down to the ground. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's pretty much dissolved. You're back to being peachy king. I have to interject because okay. I am a relationship marketer at the core. And so what I hear you saying is we need to, when an opportunity for conflict arises and it's at a level two, we need to employ great communication skills mm -hmm. and pick the right communication methods to reach out to said client mm -hmm. and make sure that 
the conflict that's at a level two doesn't jump to a level eight or a 10 just because of a poor communication method, like replying to an email, taking too yes. long to reply, things like that. But you also have said things that make my relationship marketer heart sing. That's why we get along. <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why we are part of the same group is because you're really saying that you want this person to know that you care and you care mm -hmm. about more than just the business, which takes you from transactional to mm -hmm. a relationship. And I love everything about that. Let me, I'll, I'll give you an example of what that could look like in your personal life and an example that everybody can understand. And the same thing can happen in business. So let me walk you through it. Like, suppose you're newly married. I'm just going to, I'm a woman. So um, I'll think like if Mark, you know, if he dropped his towel on the floor after taking a shower and the first time I'm like, oh, that's cute. Get his little towel on the floor. You know, that's cute. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he does it for another couple of days. And I'm like, I really wish he didn't leave his talent, but I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing anything. We're not addressing it. Mm -hmm. After a year of that, you know what that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. You always drop your towel on the floor. Ah, like everyone knows that scenario. We've all been through that scenario. We've all probably done that scenario. I know, I know I have, you don't, you can't risk letting that happen in your business. And that's what happens when someone has that irritation point that you don't squash. Mm -hmm. It can be something really tiny, but if you don't fix it correctly, then something else little tiny can happen and something else and something else. And all of a sudden they're, I hated everything. And that's when you have that, you know, Hiroshima, you know, yeah. explosion. And, and that's very difficult to manage at that point. I, I'm not about that life. Like I want to fix it long before that. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to be about that life. And what's so great no. about not only the example you gave, because it teaches us that communication strategies, like the ones you're offering, mm -hmm. not only apply to your business, but they also apply to your interpersonal relationships. And everybody can understand that concept of, I let this go, I let this go, I let this go, because I either didn't want to deal with it, or I didn't know how to We've bring it up. It. We've all done it. We've all done but it. if you just employ some of the simple techniques that you're talking about, both in your personal and in your business life, everything can kind of, it's not that it's never going to happen. It's just, you're never going to allow it to go mushroom cloud. Right. And, and I just want to assure, you know, the listeners that it really does work. I think that people, when they hear that example, they, their logical mind is like, yeah, that that's going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. But when they're faced with it, the fear of conflict or the fear of not knowing what to say or do can sometimes take over and you may, may not believe that it will work, but it really, it really, really does. It really, mm -hmm. really does. So you, that's, that's another one of my rules is that you want to pick up the phone. Now you want to circle back with an email to say, per our conversation, here's what we discussed. Mm -hmm. Cause you do want to have that documentation always, but I just think those quick phone, I do it all the time for sure. people that don't understand something, or maybe I missed a phone call and then they text you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just pick up the phone. Like, hey, they appreciate it so much. And I can use my voice and my tone to, to bond with them. Another rule that I have is don't over apologize. And mm -hmm. you heard the talk that I've, this is the talk that I just produced for Wedding MBA called Sorry, Not Sorry. But not apologizing, that doesn't mean that you don't apologize when you're wrong. You definitely apologize when you're wrong. It's totally fine to say, I'm sorry I missed your phone call. I'm sorry, whatever. If you screw up on something, absolutely you want to apologize. Where apologizing is bad is when you overdo it to where you're not focused on the solution. So mm -hmm. if I do miss somebody's phone call and then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry I missed your phone call. What can I help you with? We're moving right into 
the solution. We're moving mm -hmm. right into, you know, sorry that that happened, but don't worry, we're going to fix it. Here's what we're going to do. You're moving right into that solution. Some people um, tend to wallow in the, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that this didn't happen or that didn't, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they wallow in that, I feel so bad and I'm sorry. And what they don't realize is that is really bad for business. Um, it basically telegraphs to your client, they should be mad. They're basically mm -hmm. sitting over here going, I wasn't really that upset, but based on their reaction, I guess I should be really ticked here. And that's a very dangerous, you're putting yourself at risk when you do that big time. So that is, that is a rule. The thing that you insinuated or you inferred that I really liked was we don't want to assume the worst of the no. inquiry that's coming from the client, right? So I think it could be easy when things are hectic and people are busy, they get this email from a client that's asking a question about a contract or something else. If we assume the worst, it automatically puts us in a defensive position as opposed right. to just reaching out. A lot of people have needs that, that uh, have to be addressed when clarifying a contract or asking about a policy. So if we give them benefit of the doubt and assume that it's a question just because they've never signed this kind of contract or they're maybe not understanding the exact language, it puts us in a position where we're not defensive, we're open, and we're going to have that conversation with them. Well, people tend to live up to the way that you treat them. There are lots and lots of studies on this. I attended a conference one time that, that really broke it down in the way you treat your employees. Like if you hire a brand new employee and right off the bat, you treat them like they're stupid and they're not going to be able to do their job. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're setting them up to, be, to fail uh, based on how you treat them. Well, clients, you know, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, if you treat them like you're, you're going to be a bridezilla, you're going to be a pain in my behind. You're just another client giving me grief and cause if you, if you come at it from that perspective, you can actually create that. Mm -hmm. You can actually make that happen unwittingly. And that's unfortunate. And you know, people who do it and I do too. You have to hate the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You, you basically bring it upon yourself. You bring it upon yourself. And it's the people behind the scenes that are complaining about every single client they've got and everybody sucks and everybody is a problem. And, you know, obviously you can do everything perfect and you can still have a bridezilla or a ticked off client. If it's more than a couple, like you really need to take a hard look because you might unknowingly and unwittingly, you could be trying really hard to fix these issues, but by your behavior, over-apologizing, avoiding, mm -hmm. not letting that problem sit too long, you know, not picking up the phone. If you email somebody back when they're irritated, sometimes they can hear a tone that's not there. If you email them, well, this is the deal. They might hear you say, well, this is the deal, even mm -hmm. though that's not the tone that you implied. So yep. there's all these things you might be unwittingly causing your own problems. I know it's, it's tough to look at that. I was, as, as you were saying these things, it was running through my mind, Jennifer Trotter, that literally it's almost like holding up a mirror sometimes where mm -hmm. we have to look ourselves in the face and say, is this something that I'm enculturing? Am I creating my own issues because of things I know I should be doing or things that I'm avoiding or things that I'm not getting a hold of in advance? That's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you now, so that if that's such a hard thing to do, there has to be considerable benefit to it right? If you do the hard work. You went right where I, right where I was going in my mind. Is let's that, go there. Let's go there because you said what people should be doing. And what I want to alleviate is I don't want for anyone hearing this to be sitting there going, 
well, she's just trying to tell me I need to be doing this. And what if I don't want to do that? You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to come to your house and check it out and give you demerits Mm -hmm. and stuff. Here's the thing, the stuff that we're talking about in these strategies, the benefit, it's kind of like when the personal trainer says, Hey, if you work out and eat better, you can lose weight. Like Mm -hmm. there, the benefit, there are huge benefits. If you pull out your toolbox, if you learn these techniques, if you practice these techniques, so they become easier, here is the gold. You can be in business for a long time. You can still love your job. You can free yourself from, you don't have to dodge people's phone calls. You don't Mm -hmm. have to go like, oh, I've got this difficult person and this difficult and this difficult. You free yourself from 90% of that. Mm -hmm. It's still going to happen on occasion because people are people and things happen. So you're always going to have some, just like at home, you're always going to have some, no matter what you do. It's just natural for humans to have a little bit of conflict here and there and not understand each other here and there. It's going to happen. But just imagine for those of you who are struggling, like if you feel beaten down or sad or like, I don't know, should I really be doing this for a living? If that's how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and you're listening to this right now, just think, what if you could eradicate a huge chunk of that? Mm-hmm. And you can by employing these techniques. And, and I, I know for sure because I, I've done it. And in, my biz, and in my business, I do occasionally have people who are ticked off or don't understand. You know, it's, I'm not telling you it never happens. It does. But it's very, very, it's a very small number of people. So let's, let's highlight the language just real quick, mm-hmm. Jennifer Trotter, because first <laughs> of all, I know you really well. I know you run an exceptional business. Thank you. That's so kind of you. I mean, I'm just speaking the truth. You have a great reputation in the marketplace. We didn't say conflict elimination. We no. said conflict prevention and mm-hmm. conflict resolution. Yeah. It is inevitable. It's inevitable. You will have a client that needs something. Or a boss or an employee. Or, or a boss or an employee vendor. or a significant other mm-hmm. that a conflict arises because of a myriad of different reasons, uh, avoidance, some sort of communication breakdown or whatnot. You're saying that with some of the things you've talked about here today, Mm -hmm. people can reduce down the incident of conflict in their personal and professional lives, in their business, in their role, in whatever company they work for, to a point Mm -hmm. where it could be the difference between burning out or giving up because that that overwhelming feeling of consistent conflict is literally stealing their joy. Even though they love their job or they love their business or they love their partner, it will steal your joy enough to where you'll think, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Got to get out. That's life-changing. I mean, that could literally change someone's life. It it literally is life-changing and it gives you power to realize that you do have some control, not all the control. Of course, Mm -hmm. we can't control other people. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, if someone wants to scream and yell at me, I can't really do a lot about that. The only thing I can do is control myself. Mm -hmm. I can, even if I'm in that situation and I've got a client who is screaming and yelling at me, you know, it hasn't happened a lot in the wedding space, in the make-a-wish space it did, but keep in mind what those people are dealing with. Sure. So on the rare occasion when someone would scream at me, you know, I, I could still pull out my toolbox of how I can behave. Mm -hmm. How can I mitigate this? How can I keep my control and deal with the situation? So it just, it, it, it makes, it makes it to where literally, and you know, this is the truth because we do know each other, but I love my job even more now than I did 20 years ago, than I did Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, than I did five years ago. I have just as much enjoyment and excitement about packing up and doing weddings, talking to clients. My joy is not diminished at all. 
the only stressors I have are the same ones everyone else has, you know, COVID and business and, you know, are we making enough money? And, you know, all, mm -hmm. I have to deal with all the normal, you know, I got to go get business and networking. And there's a lot of things we have to deal with, but something that does not crush my joy is a gajillion ticked off clients. And, and that's the gift that I want to give other people it to whatever degree that I can even if it's just a teeny bit even if it's only one problem to solve if I can help in some small way because you know I didn't learn this stuff overnight I didn't hone these skills overnight it's a combination of who I am as a person my jobs that I've had other people I've worked with situations I've seen stuff I learned the hard way mm -hmm. let me say that again stuff I learned the hard way Mm -hmm. Trust me when I tell you everything I'm telling you to do that works, I have done it wrong. I've everything, everything mm -hmm. on this list, I have done it the wrong way and suffered the consequences and had people yell and scream and be ticked off and, and whatever. But I know for a fact that these techniques work. And it's just a matter of acknowledging what they are, you know, making sure, thinking, visualizing those tools. And when you're in that situation going, okay, what's, what are the tools? What are the steps? What do I do? So the thing that I heard there that I love so much that people oftentimes forget because you feel like you're in a situation where you're powerless is that you always have a choice. So yeah. even when somebody's really mad and you've done all the things you think you need to do, you can always take a step back, take a deep breath and think, I still have a choice. My choice is too. And you open up your toolbox and you remain calm and you address that situation in a way where you still have a choice. And I love that you've been doing this for 25 years because with all of that experience brings an unbelievable knowledge that you just can't gain overnight. And yeah. I hope that by having this conversation today, we've allowed other people to learn from the mistakes that you and I have both made, yeah. the learning and growing that we've both done mm -hmm. over the course of our tenure. Is there anything else you want to share? This is kind of a last thought. I just would say for people to have an open mind and to think of this almost like taking aspirin, like you know, this is all about pain prevention. I really want to stress that it's not a matter of if you don't know all the stuff already, you're dumb or it's, it's not that kind of a thing. It's not that mm -hmm. kind of a thing at all. If you are one of those people who is suffering to any degree, if whether it's your relationships at home, whether it's in business, whether it's getting burnt out. And I know there's a lot of people really, really suffering. And that's why this is important right now. There's a lot of people really hurting in their heart and in their soul trying to figure out what to do. And so mm -hmm. the last thing you need is to have upset vendors and clients and, and employees and bosses and all of these other things compounding on that. So I'll tell you, I got divorced 12 years ago. This is a random little tidbit. Something that I did to handle my divorce was every day I did my face, did my hair, I wore my cutest clothes and you know, it was a rough time. And I went to go see a therapist for a little while while I was going through that circumstance. And she, one day she just looked at me and she goes, this is interesting. Nobody does this. Like, no, I mean, people who are going, they don't do this. They don't mm -hmm. like, it's so unusual to me. T talk to me about it. And I said to her, this is the one thing I can control. I feel mm -hmm. like my whole life is out of control. You know, my marriage just broke up. Everything is in shift and in flux and I'm moving and all these things are happening. My life is just really, I'm going in a whole different direction. And that feels so, I feel so powerless. This is one thing I can do. Like, I have the control and, you know, as it happens, this one random thing, you know, at least I look cute. I mean, that yeah. was something I could do. It's, it's funny that maybe that's just the way my brain works, but maybe that's why this conflict resolution stuff is so important to me too, because I know and I accept there's a whole lot of things in life, uh, COVID, quarantine, you know, if I give someone pricing, they're like, you're too expensive. Like there's a lot of things in life I cannot control. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
But one thing I can control is when I'm talking to a client or a vendor or a venue or one of my employees, I can control how I manage that. Mm-hmm. And, and making sure that that interaction is as positive as possible. If there's any bumps or bruises that I can, I know how to smooth it over and I can let those people know that I care about them. I care about my employees and, and what they've done to help me build my business. My vendors who are, half of them are like my family, you know, how much their referrals mean to me and their support means to me. My brides, how much their business means to me and how much I enjoy connecting with them and being a part of their day. And let's not forget that that makes you the center, literally the epicenter of amazing experiences, right? So when I talk about what- what, That's the joy. And and that's the experience that you want to create as a business owner, as a a people first, then profit relationship marketing Mm -hmm. person. I want people around me to feel that way. And so I love the fact that that's something that you hold so dear is that by by being able to control that, by being able to say, this is a place in my world where I have all the opportunity to affect positive change or to avoid or to increase conflict, I'm going to go ahead and choose the better of those. And that is just going to, it's going to be like a pebble in water. It truly is. The rings of that are going to reach other preferred partners, other clients. You're going to have champions out there saying, listen, you guys don't want a makeup artist. You want Jennifer Trotter and her team, <laughs> right? You, you, you become yeah. the owner and the operator yeah. um, inside your business, which I love. I love that. Thank you again for all of your guidance oh, and all, so of your, all of your information. We wrap up by asking, where can people find you? Oh, gosh, where people can find me, two different places. Um, They can find me at lipservicemakeup.com. I'm all over the Insta, so you can find our Instagram is lipservicemakeup as well. That's where I'm at daily. I'm posting daily, doing stories, doing Mm -hmm. posts. You're going to see all the latest and greatest stuff there. So for anyone in DFW, I'm here in Grapevine. I would love to meet with you and connect with you. I'm available to do talks if you're interested in having me talk to your group or, you know, work out a training program or something with you. To that end, I also have a second arm of my business, which is the consulting arm, which is mm-hmm. simply just called The Gen Trotter. So I can be found at thegentrotter.com and also at that Instagram, The Gen Trotter as well. I kept it nice and simple and clean and easy. So I, people can connect with me on all of those formats. And there's someone listening who try some of these techniques and, and it works. I would love to hear some, some feedback. I mean, if someone has a question and even wants to ask me about a circumstance and, and maybe an idea for what, what could possibly work, I'm, I would love to talk with them about that too. All right. So you heard it here. You can find her on lipsurfacemakeup.com. You can find her at thegentrotter.com. You can also slide into her DM with questions and success stories on Instagram. So we wrap up the episode with a lightning round. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> See, I love that. I, li- I like the scary look in everybody's eyes and then they immediately go, let's do this thing. And I come up with them off the top of my head. I okay. don't share them with you in advance because I really want your, you your first. Nope. Okay. So favorite brand of makeup. That's hard because I there's just so many. There's a product from It Cosmetics that I can't live without called Bye Bye Redness. So if I had to pick one thing, like I can't live without that stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll say that. But I mean, I literally have 50 different brands in my bag. That's really tough. Okay. If you were going to watch a movie, it would be a rom-com or a thriller? I'm a weirdo. I love both. Probably a rom-com. Probably a rom-com. But I, okay. I, I love thrillers. I love action movies. I love stupid movies. I love horror movies. You're a theater fan. Dr. Sleep was one of my favorite movies this year. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I've seen that. It's That's the sequel a- to The Shining. Oh, I know. My. You see these big dimples and you think, what? She loves horror movies, but I do. Well, it's that time of year. It's it's yeah. the fall, so we can get start getting ready into the Halloween feel. Okay, so if you're going to go on vacation, is it beach or is it mountain? Beach. Mountain's too much work. Okay, and if you're going to have wine, is it red wine or white wine? 
I like both, but these days I've been gearing, I like red blends. I'm really digging Meritage and, and blends. Mm. A lot of people have turned me on to a couple different blends. So I'm, I'm digging red wine more these days. You're a wine connoisseur, I can tell already. <laughs> Well, Jen, listen, you are a titan in the industry here in Dallas-Fort Worth. I've known and respected you since the day I met you. I really very much enjoyed this conversation. I know that we're going to help some folks with their conflict prevention and resolution. Uh, Thank you so much for being a part of the People First Then Profit Revolution. And with that, uh, I thank you. And we're going to have Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the People First in Profit podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First in Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.